Lead me to some soul today. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 23 of a series of episodes that we call Leading Others to Christ. Those of you that have been watching, uh, you know this, that the ones who are watching for the first time, what are we, what are, we have several goals with this, but what we're trying to do is, is focus on evangelism. And um, we want to try to stir people up, if you will, stir them up in love and good works, as the Hebrew writer said, but especially in the area of reaching our family or friends or neighbors, co-workers, whatever, uh, with the gospel of Christ. And my name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. For those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of Indianapolis, Indiana. And those of you that know me know that I, I'm passionate about leading others to Christ. And I'm not ashamed of saying that. Uh, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, uh, and part of the, the background on that is, is that I have been that way ever since I was taught the gospel when I was in my late teens and early 20s. And uh, when I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 in Owensboro, Kentucky. So what I've been trying to do over the years is trying to, to learn how to teach others and to sow the seed, to use some Bible phrases, to, to be a fisher of men, to make disciples, to teach others to teach. We've been mentioning this passage every episode as well, where Paul was talking to Timothy and told him in 2 Timothy 2, 2, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women, I, the, the women obviously, who will be able to teach others also. So I came up with this idea to find out who's actually out there doing this. Who, who are the Christians that are doing this work that Paul was encouraging Timothy to do? These fellow workers, where are they? And how are they, how are they going about their, their daily work and their, uh, in reaching and leading others to Christ? So we wanted to find out who they are, where they are, to interview them. And, and again, to see, because in every interview, and I'm sure today will be, uh, won't be any different, we have learned different things. Everybody doesn't do the same thing. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different ways to, uh, we still have to abide by the truth. We can't change the truth, but there's many ways for us to lead others to Christ by reaching out to them in the way that we teach them. You know, quite frankly, and I wanted to mention this real quick, the response to this has been so encouraging. We've got people uh, in foreign countries that are listening to these episodes. We've got, and we're really, so those of you that are doing this, keep sharing these episodes with your friends and and because and, uh, we want to continue to get the word out. So enough of that. Today, let's get to this interview. We're so excited to have with us Nancy Churchill. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you, Dan. Good to have you with us. I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this and I was thinking, um, and I, I, re, I reaffirmed it uh, a few minutes ago, but uh, I think the first time uh, I met uh, you and Dixon was when Colin and Caleb were going to, going to college at the University of Kentucky, and they were worshiping with us there at the Fayette Church of Christ there in Lexington, and you guys, you guys came to visit, and, and that was the first time that we met. And I know our paths have kind of crossed uh, back and forth over the years, but again, so good to, uh, to have you with us. We start every one of these episodes out with what we call the, like the old elevator pitch or a little bio, okay? So not everybody out there knows Dan Barker. Not everybody knows Nancy Churchill. So tell us a little bit, Nancy, about your past. I mean, going back to the beginning, where you were born, how, how did you learn the truth? Who taught you the gospel? And just kind of bring us up to speed. Okay. 
Let me just say, Dan, I'm humbled to be asked to speak about my life and my work in regard to leading others to Christ. I'm not anybody special. There isn't anything special about me. I live a simple life. And my identity and meaning in life is simply found in God and the cross of Christ. And that's why when you asked me to do this, I, I wanted to talk about it. Talking about myself, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, but I grew up and have lived nearly all my life in Indiana. My parents moved our family to Indiana when I was about 11 years old. And I grew up in a family where my parents and my grandparents and my uncles were evangelists, pastors, and ministers of the gospel. And my, my home life growing up was filled with Christians and gospel preachers who came to stay in our home, who ate at our table and talked a lot about the Lord. My parents were very simple people too. We lived on a farm and they were very hospitable. My mom was a true keeper at home. My parents lived out evangelism and they still do today in their late seventies. They are very evangelistic. And I can remember about 10 years ago when my parents moved to be closer to us, my dad said, as they were working on this house that they were getting ready to move into, he said, I am so excited to put a sign in my yard that says, Bible studies here. <laughs> and that just, that just did something for my heart in thinking about how much my dad loves people and loves to teach people about the Lord. So much of who I am today, outside of the work of God in me, is a result of my growing up years in a simple home with the influence and work of my parents who love the Lord. I married my husband Dixon over 38 years ago, and it's still one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. We got married very young. He'd only been a Christian for a year, which came as a result of him going to Wednesday night Bible studies with me when Kevin Kay was teaching through a study of the Kings. Oh. Um, Dixon became very interested in that study of the Bible. He had a very strong, he, he was a, a very self-disciplined person and a very hard worker. And his, I deeply respected those things about him, even though I was very young, I was 16, 17 years old. On top of that, I had a deep respect for his level of honesty and humility at a young age. And so with the spiritual influence of my family and him going to Bible studies with me on Wednesday nights and um, studying through the Kings, it brought him to the Lord. And for over 38 years, we have lived and worked together to love God and to share the gospel with others. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot. That's good. <laughs> no, that's uh, you know the <clears throat> so many things there, but obviously one of the uh, huge blessings that you've had is what you just told us of uh, of growing up family that had made a commitment to to follow Christ, and you saw that lived out, and uh, you said you said your parents lived it out. I like Thank that, you. and. Uh, and dad putting that sign, I could just see him putting that sign in the front yard. That's, uh, that's so good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder how many of the people that are listening have ever seen anybody drive by and see a, a sign in somebody's yard, not a yard sale or who's running for president, but a Bible study here. You know, uh, maybe that's the takeaway from the lesson to, from this interview today, Nancy. You know, I, I just know, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is that uh, you have probably 
I mean, you're still young. I mean, I'm, I'm 74. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but, um, but uh, just the things really, when we think about it, uh, you've probably forgotten so many stories. You know, I mean, it, we can't retain everything, but there, there's special things that stay with us and, and kind of keep us motivated. Or when we're talking to somebody, it'll trigger a thought and you say, well, let me tell you about, let me tell you about a situation. Or, uh, and I, I do that all the time. But, you know, I, this whole thing of, of leading others to Christ, I'm afraid in too, I'm not going to be negative, but I'm afraid in too many places, the understanding of a lot of our brothers and sisters is that this is the work of the preacher. If, and if it's done at all, he's the one, that's what we pay him for. But what's sad, if you look at the stats, and I'm sure you've seen some of these things, it's, it's quite depressing when you look at so many congregations that are closing their doors and they're, uh, they're, they haven't, they're not reaching anybody, they're older. Nothing wrong, again, with being old, but there, there hasn't been work done and there's not any new people uh, there uh, in, in those congregations. And, you know, a lot of step back and look at all that and, uh, and, and just ask questions why. Because I, uh, I found a, actually Dempsey uh, Collins, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, he has a, some material that he's put together. And one of the articles in there that he had, this just blew me away, was in the Owensboro Messenger and Enquirer. And it was on April the 30th, 1960, which is that was my birthday. There was an article in the newspaper talking about the fastest growing church in America was the Church of Christ. And I thought, of course, I didn't have a clue back then, you know, and then you look now and go, well, what's happened? And we know there's a lot of, a lot of things. I don't want to get bogged down in that. But so that's what we're trying to do, Nancy, is is get, as I said earlier, is get people that are not doing this to realize that it's all of our responsibility. Don't you feel that? Absolutely. Wow. Boy, do I ever. We're all disciples of Jesus when we come to the Lord. And if I were going to give you a picture of my life as a disciple of Jesus, the first thing I would say about myself is I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good for you. A minister is a servant. And there's a lot of ways in which that plays out in my life, but I am a full-time student and teacher of the Bible. That is my life. Spiritual progress requires this kind of study, in, being in the Word. I'm always working. It's my goal to always be working, to grow in my knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Savior, and in the knowledge of His Word, and to grow in maturity and in wisdom. And if I don't have that, I can't help other people to grow in their love for God and for Christ and the knowledge of him. And, and I would say also, the se and these are in order in my life. I'm a wife and a helper to my husband. Uh, my husband works a very stressful job and is many times gone 12 hours a day in his job. But he also is a full-time elder in the church where we live here. And he's very involved in evangelism. One small example of that is he comes home on Wednesday nights, gets home at hopefully by five o'clock because he leaves soon after 5.30, barely has time to eat and goes to the home of a family where their daughter-in-law just got out of jail and has come off of drug abuse. And she is wanting to know the Bible, who's Jesus? And he studies with that whole family and their son just got out of 
jail. And he now is involved in that study. So my husband does that every Wednesday night when he gets home. He's always serving. He's always working to teach other people. On Monday nights, he has elders meetings. On Tuesday nights, we have a Bible study in our home that we've had for more than 15 years, every Tuesday night. This started back when our son Caleb was in high school, and we just continued it when he left home. And it's been going strong for over 15 years. I say a lot of the time that I don't see my husband much until Thursday nights because Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are so busy for him with trying to work his job to support us and trying to serve as a full-time elder in the church here. And so the work that he's doing and teaching and evangelism is, and in trying to help people, he's constant counseling people um, and involved in their lives. So that means I must be here to be his helper to make that easy for him to do. And I would say, thirdly, I'm a mother to four grown children who, thanks to God, are working hard in the kingdom in far and wide places. And fourthly, I'm a grandmother. I've been blessed with eight grandchildren, all six and under. And that has filled my life in a way I could have never imagined. (laughs) And fifthly, I'm a counselor, even though by the world standards, I would be seen as unqualified. But the hours I spend counseling people who are hurting, who are needing encouragement and help in their lives, who are needing me just to pray with them. And sixthly, and not last but not least, I'm a homemaker. And that's a full-time work that I do for my husband and for opportunities in the kingdom to be my doors are open. People come, people pull in my driveway. Sometimes I'm tempted to keep my door closed because people are just pulling in the driveway. Sometimes, many times, just out of the blue, need, need to talk, need, need motivation and encouragement to stay faithful to the Lord. And so I'm available for those things. So if I were talking about what leading other people to Christ in my life as a woman looks like, it actually looks very different than the typical way that we might think of evangelism. But over the years, this has proven to be a vital work that God has given me. The majority of my work in leading others to Christ is with women who are new Christians or with weak Christians or Christians who simply aren't in God's word and don't know the Bible very well. And therefore, they don't really know God or have a personal relationship with the Lord. And as Paul instructed in 1 Timothy and Titus, a large part of my work is in teaching young wives and mothers to love their husbands, to love their children, and to be keepers at home. So I take that very seriously, and I've been blessed with hundreds of opportunities through week-long camps every summer to teach and to counsel young people to know the Lord and to grow in the Lord. I've been blessed with literally hundreds of women who I've been able to teach young and old in my home, around my table, in adult Bible classes and other places, and recently over the computer through the months of COVID. How to study the Bible through a specific study that has proven to be one of the most effective and encouraging studies for women that I have ever experienced or that I know about called Our Spiritual Heritage. Some ladies down in Texas um, put this study together years ago, and Julie Gant and I 
came in contact with this and sat in her home and poured over this so that we could learn this and see the value in what we could offer other women in teaching them how to, to study the Bible. So, and you know, like Monday nights, my life has been filled for the past year and a half going on two years with a marriage class that I teach to about seven or eight young uh, married women, which has now turned into a parenting class, all of those same uh, women, and, and many other opportunities besides the Tuesday night study that I mentioned that we have in our home every Tuesday night, sometimes 30 people, and I have a small home, but many other opportunities that the Lord has provided for me to be able to teach women publicly and privately besides teaching children in Sunday and Wednesday Bible classes. And all of the young, the young girls through camp experiences that I've spent hours with, and so many, like you said, stories that I could tell that so many of them I can't even remember right now, just opportunities that the Lord has blessed me with to be able to lead others to Christ or help them be stronger in their faith. Well, you know, wow, so many things there that you said. I remember I told you I have a tendency in my mind. I, I said, which one do I want to go? Which path do I want to go down? Because you said so many things. But I, I want to. I'm going to try to put it all in a in a little package here of uh, uh, because so many. I mean, I, I commend you. Uh, I, I knew you were a busy person. I didn't know you had all those activities going on. But uh, and I think there's probably a lot of women that would listen to this and go, "What? You know?" <laughs> I wouldn't have time, you know, in their minds, they go, I wouldn't have time to do one of those, let alone all those different things. And uh, so somehow you've disciplined yourselves and you've put that, like you said, you've put these things as a top priority or they wouldn't get done, would they? Well, I think that's right. And, and I'll tell you, this goes back to being available for people. I don't work outside my home my husband is able to support us so that I can be his helper and do all of these things. But abounding in the work of the Lord by being available, I think, is what is what's missing. You know, my life is not my own and my time is not my own. God has something to say about how we use our time. And so, you know, he owns us. He, we've been bought with a price. Yes. So everything that I am and everything that I do, everything I own, it belongs to him. So there are many days when my phone is blowing up with people who are hurting and needing encouragement and people who need counsel in their lives and who just need me to pray with them. But too many women, there are times when I'm just screaming out to the Lord saying, where are the helpers? Where are the servants? I, who else can I call and say, can you help this person? I've got this person on the line. We've got to be available. Yes. And in being available, we've got to be prepared. And that goes back to how am I spending my time? That's why I said before we started this, I don't have time for social media. I don't have time for television. I don't have time for politics. I didn't know that the president and his wife got COVID. I don't, I don't have time for those things because I'm so busy in the work of the Lord. You know, I've spent three days this week preparing to begin to teach a third grade Bible class. 
And I've poured myself into the book of Leviticus and Numbers to get ready to teach a quarter on those two books. So, you know, it's how we're using our time and being prepared. Spiritual progress in our own lives does require discipline, as you mentioned, and giving ourselves to prayer and studying the Bible and meditating on the word and being with the Lord. And this can't just happen on Sunday and Wednesday. It is a life that we live as disciples of Jesus. Yes. Uh, you know, for women to, uh, to reach out to you the way, obviously, the way they do, they have to know that you're available. They have to know that you've got a heart for the Lord. They have to know, and, and people have to know that, first, that they, not first of all, but, but they trust you. Or they wouldn't come to see you. They wouldn't call you. They would. They wouldn't look. To, they wouldn't come to you for counseling. So we've got to have that because sometimes, you know, I heard a lady say one time, and this was sad. This was in a counseling type environment, but she she made this comment that the loneliest place that she ever goes or where she feels the most alone is to go to church, and I, it just broke my heart. And she said, people will say to me, "Well, hi, how are you doing?" And I'll just typically say fine when I'm, when I'm dying inside, you know, I, I, and I need somebody to talk to and I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who to trust because I tried that and they didn't keep it confidential. And that, you know, the, there's just so many things that, you know, and, and it's such a, uh, how do I take a, uh, and I commend you, but how do I take a Nancy Churchill and bottle up that energy that you have and say, how do we duplicate this in other places? And there's so many women, and I had made a note and I wanted to touch on it. You've already covered so many things, but I'm afraid that in a lot of our places too, we all know what the scriptures teach about the way God and Jesus wanted the church to look and operate and the role of men and women. But I'm afraid what's happened in a lot of places, women have been delegated to not realizing what their potential is and what they can do and have limited them. So in, in, in some places, their enthusiasm has been taken away from them. And just to be able to get women to realize the untapped potential, I guess, is, that's in so many of them. Not, not everybody. You know, we're not all the same way. We're not, we're not all. But there are so many things that every one of us can do. I can help set up a study. And you can help set up a study for me. You and, and one of your girlfriends that can go work together and study with another lady. You and Dixon. I know you've done that before, like Gay and I have, of study with uh, other couples or other individuals. There was a reason that Jesus sent out the 72 two by two and sent, and sent the apostles out two by two was to help and, and encourage each other, right? While they were out there. So that, that's what we're trying to do, Nancy, and, and interviewing uh, women like you is to try to get women uh, start. I know you've done a lot of, cause you, you did this one time for us. We had a, we called it a ladies day. I think there in Lexington, you came and you were one of the speakers that came for that. Do you still do that quite a bit? Yes, I do. Uh, when, when I'm asked, I have I've spoken at several ladies' Bible study things that yeah. are, are in different places in different areas. Yeah, I encourage you to keep that up because there's so many women need to hear this because yeah. they're not, you know, yeah. they're the whole they're, and it's not. I have to be careful how I say this, but there's so many the the Christian life is just a drudgery, and and they don't see the joy, they don't see the. Uh, what what we're supposed to they're not looking at it with the right eyes and uh and, and to realize uh just how exciting this can be 
you, you study the New Testament church and it's just, full, yeah, they had problems, but it's full of joy mm -hmm. and, and people going and teaching even in the face of persecution. And we've had, we've experienced a little bit of that with this COVID uh, stuff that's going on where, how, how some of our brothers and sisters have reacted and some it hadn't been good, you know, unfortunately, uh, but it's a way for us to grow. Lord willing, we'll get through this, but uh, I know we're about out of time, but is there one conversion story that comes to mind? Somebody that, from the past or where, that, uh, that you would like to share with us? Probably a couple of years ago, a lot of the contacts that I have with opportunities to teach people who are not Christians have come from other people who say, hey, can you study with my daughter-in-law? Can you yeah. study with my friend? Can you study with, and so lots of opportunities that I've had come through other people. And there was a young lady who grew up going to church and her family. But as we started studying the Bible together, it was, you know, lots of the stories she knew. She knew about Jesus. She knew about a lot of his teachings and miracles and things like that. But when we got to the heart of the cross, which is the heart of the gospel and yeah. what really changes us, I started talking to her about the meaning of the Lord's Supper and what we're really doing every week when we are taking these emblems and reflect. And it's like a light bulb moment in her mind. And all of a sudden that became so meaningful to her that wow. she just sat at the table and said, can I be baptized? And I said, when? And she said, right now. And I said, yes, let's go. Let's get in the car. And we went to the building and it just happened. It was a Monday night. The elders were meeting and she was baptized right then. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, it's, and, and uh, I can just tell you just the way you remember that, but the joy, and we know that, uh, you know, we're just, uh, like you said at the beginning, we're just a servant, but to see somebody respond, to see the power of the gospel, uh, to see the increase that God gives, and just to be a little part of that is it, so motivating, and that's what keeps us going, right? That's yeah. what helps, and, you know, we could spend so much time about contacts. You mentioned contacts, and so uh, we, people need to learn how to get contacts, how to find people to talk to, because they're out there everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we walk by them and don't even recognize them. And all right, the last thing. We end it with uh, the one thing. So if somebody's listening to this and, uh, and they're excited and hearing what you've had to say, and maybe there was, because you said so many great things, that one little thing in there, but, and they say, I want to start, I got to get more involved. I got, I got to start doing this. I've got to start reaching out to people and telling them about Christ. If there was one thing you could say to a woman that's listening, oh man, uh, and, and they need to get involved. What, I know there's a lot of things, but what would you say would be one thing that they need to do or learn how to do, Nancy? I think we put our identity um, in too many other things in this life. And our identity is in Christ. And when that is our identity, then we love the Lord with all our being. And when we love the Lord with all our being, then we love other people. And in loving the Lord and loving our neighbors, which are the two greatest commands for our life, living these out is what helps us to bring others to Christ. Wow. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, so I'm going to say amen, because that's exact. that is so, so true. You know, really, it's like uh, sometimes I wonder, it's like, well, where have we been? You know, it's like uh, the ones that have kind of got lost in this and lost our focus and lost our purpose and our meaning. And, 
And maybe, you know, I feel good about myself because I've got that checklist. I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, you know. Uh, I mean, obviously, we need to be there. God expects us to be there. But there's so much more to it. Um, and Satan just sits back, I think, and laughs because uh, he knows he's got so many of us distracted and uh, not focused on the Lord's work. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, and he, knows, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he does. Nancy? Uh, so good. I've said this a couple of times. Maybe we need to do a follow-up. You, you have two or three things there that we need to get dig down a little deeper in. But thank you so much. Be sure and tell Dixon hi. We love you guys and uh, love the work that you're doing there at Lakeview and Columbus and encourage you to keep it up. And thank you because, we're you know, Franklin, we're real close and we've used your baptistry there several times. And, and you've been so cooperative in helping us there with the work that we're trying to do a little, little further up the road than where you are. But uh, we appreciate all the encouragement that, that your group uh, continues to give us. And well, thank you. And again, we love you and love your family. And uh, God bless you, Nancy. God bless you, Dan, and the work you're doing. And thank you so much. I, I'm thankful that we share the Lord together. Thank you again. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.